Hi, I'm Justin Hopkins. And I'm Richard Reinhardt. And we want to thank you for taking the time to join us for this time of study as we look to see what the Spirit has to say about Himself in the Scriptures. chapter 5, moving forward then, First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 6. And before we read this verse, one note here. Uh, this particular verse uh, is where we find a textual variant. Um, uh, and so there's some dispute over how much of this verse is actually contained in the inspired scriptures and whether or not some of it was added in later. And if you want to dive into that discussion, that's a different discussion for a different podcast, not this one. But I will say this, that there is less than 1% of all the scriptures that are called into question at all like this. And if you gather all of them together and look at them, there is not a single doctrine of the gospel that stands or falls in that one verse alone. We can reject all of those little bits and pieces and still find the complete doctrine of the gospel, which just shows the Holy Spirit's wisdom in revealing and verifying these things. Uh, And so as you're following along in your English translation, you may find some phrases Uh, that are in the King James and New King James that are not in uh, your particular Bible. And and I'll go into that a little bit, looking at the American Standard as an example of that variant. So, big disclaimer there, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 6. This is he uh, that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. Okay, now the English Standard Version here says, because the Spirit is the truth. What does the New King James do there? New King James, because the Spirit is truth. Okay, now the American Standard, however, says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not with the water only, but with water and with blood, full stop. Uh, That last sentence is not there in the American Standard, but it is in the King James, the New King James, and the English Standard. So you may be following along in a translation that lacks that last sentence, and that textual variant is why. Now, all of our discussion is centered in that last sentence, (laughs) so let's bear that in mind. But haven't we already talked about the discussion that would go on at the last part of this verse and some of our other passages tonight today? We have, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so there it is. <laughs> yeah, so um, now the King James here, the if you look at the uh, original Greek, and uh, I'm going back to the Textus Receptus, um, says the Spirit uh, is the witness uh, because the Spirit is the truth. 
So the English Standard Version is actually closer than the King James or New King James here. The Spirit is not just a truth. The Spirit is the truth. Uh, so the word the occurs in the original before both occurrences the word spirit and before the word truth. Uh, now the King James translators have capitalized the word spirit in both occurrences, uh, as have the English Standard translators. I'm assuming the New King James translators did the same. Uh, New King James has both occurrences of spirit capitalized and was that the only word we we're looking at? Yes. Did, okay. did they capitalize truth? No, 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 no. no. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing that capitalized anywhere here either. Uh, yeah, so these, the, all three of these translations have concluded that this is the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. And so you think about this. Uh, this is the one who overcame the world, verse 5, the Son of God. Uh, this is the one who came by water and blood. And it is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that bears witness of that. Well, how did the Holy Spirit bear witness of that? Through the Scriptures. <laughs> through the book. And the Spirit is the truth. The truth that we find in the Scriptures, that's the witness of the Spirit, that Jesus is the Christ, that He is the Son of God, and that He came by and offered His blood, and we come into contact by that blood through the waters of baptism. And so there again, we have the Holy Spirit revealing these significant facts about Christ and about salvation in Scripture. Any thoughts there? No, nothing in addition to that. All right. But again, uh, you know, if you're following along with the American Standard, that whole last sentence, it's not there. It's just not there. And that's because of that textual variant. But there's nothing in this little sentence that we can't find in some of the other passages we've already looked at today. Uh, so bear that in mind as we uh, press on. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Keep going. Verses 7 through 9. Uh, I needed to just look down on the next line on my notes here. Uh, For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And there are Three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. These three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he has testified of his son. Uh, so, again, here in verse 7, you have the three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, this is the Trinity uh, right here. Um, now, the American Standard leaves that verse out altogether. Uh, kind of interesting. And as does the, uh, verse 7, as does the English Standard Version. Aren't those translations based off of the Westcott Court Manuscript? They are. Uh, yeah, which is why I, I'm, I'm not really a big fan of the Westcott Hort. It's uh, leaning heavily on these Sinaitic uh, manuscripts. And uh, the NIV relies on those manuscripts as well, I believe. And so sometimes you'll see a footnote, perhaps, there that says the oldest and best manuscripts uh, omit this, this verse. Well, who's to say that they're the best just because they're the oldest? But again, that's another discussion for another podcast. <laughs> but, but, but that's there. Um, yeah, and so verses 6 through 9, there, that's where you have a lot of textual... Uh, variation, but leaning on the Textus Receptus, the King James and New King James here, 
there's the idea you have the Spirit as part of the Trinity bearing witness in heaven, and uh, the Spirit that is through the Scriptures along with the blood of Christ and the waters of baptism bearing witness to the Lordship of Christ. So the blood of Christ, the Spirit who revealed the Word, the Gospel, and the waters of baptism, when we accept that truth, uh, those three agree together. Uh, and then again, verse 9, uh, if we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Of course, that witness of God, you see that's what we have by the Spirit in the Scriptures. Um, yeah, so there it is in a uh, somewhat controversial section of Scriptures. Uh, but the concept that the Spirit, through the Scriptures, bears witness to the sacrifice and saving power of the blood of Christ. Okay, any thoughts there? Not, nothing in addition. All right, then let's move forward uh, to the book of Revelation, something maybe a little bit less <laughs> controversial. You know, the symbolic book. Let's go there. Uh, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 7. And we're going to see this same phrase repeated in verse 11, verse 17, verse 29, chapter 3, verse 6, verse 13, and verse 22. Uh, that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 times for the seven churches. And here's what it says. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Um, and then to each church, there's a different promise uh, that goes with hearing what the Spirit says to uh, the, the churches. Again, verse 11, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Verse 17, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Verse 29, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Verse 6, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says Unto the churches, verse 13. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verse 22. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. What are we supposed to hear? The message. <laughs> yeah, the message that the Spirit has given to the churches in this book, the book of Revelation, and by extension... The rest of Scripture, and you know what's interesting here is that the first three con congregations that heard that phrase had something right after that phrase. You know, you mentioned the promise, but the last four, it was just that phrase. Mm -hmm. That is interesting. Um, yeah, and. Um, that's, that's an interesting note. <laughs> it's just kind of interesting. That that's just extra for y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so then uh, you go on to chapter 14 and verse 13. This is a verse that's often brought up in funerals. And um, uh, go ahead and read that one if you would, brother. Uh, Revelation 14, verse 13. Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. 
All right, so here again, the word spirit is capitalized. Uh, so the translators feel like this is the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't argue with that. <laughs> Would you? No, yeah. no. That, that statement, though, at the very end, and their works followed them, it's really kind of interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, that's, I mean, our, our, our reward is there, and also the things that we've done here after we die continue to have an impact. And some of those works that follow us into heaven ought to be souls that we have brought to Christ. Hmm. All right. Uh, yeah, so, so notice here, though, it's the Spirit that says this, and he says, right. Blessed are the dead that die in the Lord. So, so what is written down is what the Spirit says. Uh, so here we have the Spirit revealing through the written Scriptures, very specifically, uh, God's Word on the matter. And then one more Scripture on this thought. And that's in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is a thirst, Come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. And so here we have the bride, which uh, we know from chapter 21 is the church, New Jerusalem, coming down as a bride adorned for her husband, the church, saying, Come. Take of the water of life. Come and be saved. And also, let him that hears. That's me and you, folks. We need to be saying, come, be saved. Come, partake of the water of life. But the first one to say it is who? It's the Spirit. And the word the does occur in the original text. The King James translators have capitalized the word spirit, indicating that's the third person of the Godhead. Again, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree too. And you know, there's another word in this verse that might be another one of those side points or tangents that I thought I'd mention. And that's that word freely. Mm. There's, there's no end to how much we can partake of this word because once we've read it through once, we need to read it through again. And once we've read it through twice, we need to read it through again and again and again and again and again and partake of this fountain freely and get as much out of it as we can. Uh, because that's what this invitation here in verse 17 is suggesting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Also, what I see there in the word freely is the fact that there is nothing and nobody stopping anybody from partaking of the water of life. Whosoever will, anybody who wants to can come and be saved. They don't need the Holy Spirit to do anything for them. The Holy Spirit said, come on. <laughs> right, and, and it doesn't matter uh, where we come from. It doesn't matter what our past is. We can take from this moment now. We can partake freely. Absolutely, uh, because it's, it's free. Because the price has already been paid. All the barriers have been removed. And we can have it as soon as we want. 
And we can have as much as we want. And we can learn from it and grow by it and help others with it. Absolutely. And that, interestingly enough, is the last mention of the Holy Spirit in all of the Bible. The Holy Spirit's invitation in the written word to come and partake of the water of life. Come and be saved. You see the Spirit in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 bringing the creation to an organized state. And you see him here in Revelation 22 verse 17 saying, come home. Mm, that'll preach. <laughs> yeah. Now, we're not done, by the way, looking at everything the Spirit has to say about Himself, but that is the last thing that the Spirit says about Himself. And so, that concludes that section, looking at everything that the Holy Spirit says about Himself, revealing God's Word in the New Testament. He has revealed God's Word through the prophets, through John the Immerser, and through the apostles, and finally in Scripture. Now, one other important thing to note as we leave that topic, we haven't seen anywhere that the Holy Spirit has indicated that He reveals God's will or God's Word in any other way. Through the prophets, through John, through the apostles, and through the Scriptures. Prophets are dead and gone. John the Baptist is dead and gone. The apostles are dead and gone. So for us today, the only way that the Holy Spirit will reveal anything about God's will, according to what He's revealed to, him, uh, to us in the Scripture, is through the Scripture. And you know, I haven't met a 2,000-year-old apostle yet either. Mm -mm. Me neither. <laughs> That's, you know, I, I'm pretty sure if there was a 2,000-year-old apostle still bumping around working miracles, it would have been on CNN by now. But right. yeah, <laughs> and and so that's that's important to note uh, as as we conclude this this thought as we've looked at every verse that says anything about the Holy Spirit revealing God's will, revealing God's word. Those are the only ways that He has said in the Scriptures that He does that. And so I would submit to you that if there's some spirit revealing God's word to you. It may not be the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit didn't say that He does that. Hmm. And, and, then, and then how do you add it up when you've got two different people both saying the Holy Spirit said something to them but then their messages conflict? Absolutely. That, that really makes it difficult to, to, to know which one's right. And as we've seen here, the ultimate answer is neither of them. Because the Spirit has revealed God's Word, revealed God's will, ultimately for us today in the Scriptures. And that's how He said He does it. If He was going to do it another way, He would have told us. And that's, that's a big, important fact for us to understand. Okay. Again, if you have any thoughts, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you think that we've gone off the rails and we're crazy, get in touch with us. Send us an email. Call us. Uh, you know, make a comment. How, however you want to do that. And we'll respond to those things. Uh, and we want to keep the discussion civil. 
uh, we want to keep it loving and, and patient as together we seek to better understand what the Spirit says about himself. Uh, so until next time, may you continue to be blessed as you continue to seek the truth in the Scriptures. Oh.